morning, everyone. Happy Easter to all of you today. We're so glad you guys are here with us in our third of three Easter services this weekend. Our theme this year is Fresh Start. And I don't know what you guys think about when you think about having a fresh start. Maybe you think back to about three and a half months ago on uh, January 1. Now, New Year's is kind of a fresh start. You know, I've got a picture here of this is uh, downtown in Times Square on New Year's Eve. Anybody ever been there on New Year's Eve? No? A couple? Oh, that's like one of my life dreams. So if y'all can hook me up, do that. That would be fun. And a lot of times people, you know, on New Year's, they, they look at it as a fresh start. They make a decision or a New Year's resolution. Let me just ask you, be honest, how many of you guys this year decided to get a fresh start and you made some kind of New Year's resolution this year? Raise your hand. Anybody like that? A few of you? Okay. All right. How many of y'all have still kept that New Year's resolution? Nobody. That's what I thought. Yeah. Sometimes they don't always keep. It always cracks me up. Uh, you go into especially like the gym. You know, you go into a gym like in January. And this is what the treadmills look like, you know, in uh, January. You go in now today in April. This is what those same treadmills look like right now. So this is a good time to get a fresh start on, on your health. Now, this next picture I'm going to put up, you might, some of you might consider this a fresh start. Some of you might consider this a bad idea. Time will tell. So can we put this next picture up there? There you go. Yeah, we will see. We don't, let, let me, how many of y'all think this is a fresh start? Let me hear you. Okay, how many of y'all think it's a bad idea? Oh, that's kind of a, well, time will tell. We will see how it all plays out. I'm not taking sides. I'm not about, about to do that. Here's a fresh start that I like. Don't you love it when you get a fresh start with like a new cell phone? Or a new laptop or new computer. You know, you got that old cell phone, you've dropped it and it's cracked and it's scratched, it doesn't work right, and you get a new one and everything is quick and fast or a new laptop. I just got a new cell phone, it's been a couple of years. I got a new cell phone a couple of weeks ago and I decided to get an iPhone. So I got the iPhone now. So everybody that doesn't have an iPhone is calling me an iPhone snob. I guess if you have an iPhone, you're an iPhone snob. And I'm like, I'm not a snob, I promise. But, but I got a fresh start with that. And it was really, really nice. Now here's one of my favorite fresh starts this time of year. It's going to take place right here in Denver tomorrow afternoon about 2 o'clock. And absolutely, I will be there right here. How about this? Yeah, opening day. A fresh start to the new Rockies season. Well, listen, Easter is all about Jesus giving us the opportunity to have a fresh start. That's what the resurrection is really all about. An opportunity to have new life, to be made new. To have a second chance, a do-over, if you will. That's the hope and power of the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. If you're here today this Easter and you really believe that Jesus rose from the dead, would you say yes? Yes. I mean, that's the power of the resurrection that we're celebrating today. And it gives us an opportunity to have a fresh start. Let me ask you this. Be honest. Have you ever needed a fresh start in your life? You ever needed a second chance? Never needed a do-over? We've all been there. We've all been at places in our life where we needed a fresh start. And maybe today that's where you're at. Well, you're in the right place. Because that's what Easter is all about. There was a story that went viral on YouTube about a year and a half ago of a homeless man that got a fresh start. Well, you're going to love this story. There is a new viral video tearing up the internet that's already gotten almost 3 million hits. It's of a homeless man in Columbus, Ohio, who panhandles on the side of the road. He carries a sign that says he's fallen on hard times and has a God-given gift of voice. Turns out, it's exactly what he does have. When you're listening to nothing but the best of oldies, you're listening to Magic 98.9. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. 
and we'll be back with more right after these words. <laughs> and that man's name is Ted Williams, and he joins us exclusively here on the early show this morning. Ted, have people started to, because I imagine you said it's, you know, it's, it's sort of surreal, and I'm sure it's still sinking in, though. Have people started to come out of the woodwork? Anyone coming out and saying, oh, Ted, I remember you. I knew you had that voice way back when. Uh, people have called me and said, I knew you were going to do it eventually. I knew, you know, people are... My mom is just really, I, I, I'm going to be going to New York hopefully this afternoon, and please, I apologize. I'm getting a little emotional. I haven't seen my mom in, in a great deal of time since then, but she doesn't believe it. She's 92, and she lives in Brooklyn. So, you know, God has been so good. And, I, and, and um, I, in the year 2010, on, on this date book that somebody gave me, I was going to write on there, well, another year wasted, but it was the year that I found God in my life. You mentioned your mom and that you're, that you're headed here to New York. Your mom is 92, and she, this hasn't quite sunk yeah. in for her. You haven't seen her in a while. Um, I imagine for her this is really a dream come true, too. Was, was she worried that, that maybe you wouldn't be able to, to pull out of, of that low place where you had been? You know, one of my, one of my, my biggest prayers that I, I, I sent out was that she would live long enough for me to, to see me, you know, rebound or whatever. And, and I guess God kept her around and he kept my pipes around, you know, to, to maybe just have one more shot that I would be able to say, Mom, I, I, did, I did do it before, you know, I might pass away before her or whatever, but my dad didn't get a chance to see this. But God is good, and, 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 and the only difference between now and the time that I did have some kind of a heyday or, or a successful uh, life is that now I'm more appreciative of life. I'm not taking it for granted, and I am thanking the Lord every day. Even... Hi, Mommy. Hi, Mommy. Hi, Mommy. Hi, Mommy. Hi, Mommy. Hi, Mommy. I know I feel the same way, Mommy. I love you, Mother. I've been wanting to see you for the past hours, and, and it seems like everybody. Hi, Mommy. I'm home. I, I told you I was coming this year. Hi, I don't look the best, but I'm home. Wow. <laughs> I should have warned you to bring your tissues today. I've seen that three times today, or this weekend, and it gets me every time. A great story of a fresh start. If any of you guys have been following this story, and Ted Williams, you know, he's had some ups and downs, and he's been on Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil's trying to help him get through some of his substance abuse, but he's still off the street. He's not homeless any longer. He's following his career now again, and, and with his voice. And, but what I loved about his story is how many times he mentioned God. And he said it started in 2010 when he found God. And he now has God in his life. And you know, all true fresh starts begin with God. Amen? Amen. They begin with God and they continue with God. If they're a real, true, genuine, fresh start. And I believe that many of you today are going to experience the most significant day in your life. If you allow your heart... And your mind to be open to what God and Jesus Christ wants to do in your life today. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, you know what? This is exactly what I need. I need a fresh start. My marriage needs a fresh start. I need a fresh start with my kids. I need a fresh start with other family members or relationships. Maybe you need a fresh start with your job, your career. Maybe you need a fresh start just in the direction of your life, your finances. Or most importantly, maybe you're here this Easter weekend and you'd say, you know what? I need a fresh start with God. 
I need that in my life. Well, I got some great news, church, for you this Easter weekend. Jesus Christ specializes in fresh starts. That's the message we try to share every week. And I want you to turn in your Bibles this morning just to one passage real quickly. If you take out your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, you can turn in your Bibles or if you have a smartphone and you've got an app, you can use that. It's on page 467 if you're using one of the Bibles you may have picked up when you came in this morning. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. And the Apostle Paul here is reminding all of us of the practical implications of Jesus' death, burial, and what we're celebrating today at Easter, His resurrection. And how He can offer us and provide us a fresh start in our life. And he's talking to Christians here, people who have put their faith and trust in Christ. And who have experienced a fresh start, but it's offered to everyone who will receive it. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says this, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for how many church? If he died for all, that includes you, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him, Jesus, who died for them and what? Rose again. That's Easter. The fact that Jesus died on a cross 2,000 years ago. He was buried, but that's not the end of the story. He rose again on the third day to give us a fresh start, to give us new life, to make us a, a, a new creation. Notice how Paul starts this out in verse 14 when he says, For the love of Christ compels us. If there's one thing I want every one of you here this morning to hear loud and clear and understand, it's this. God loves you and He wants a personal relationship with you. We want you to hear that loud and clear. You say, oh, God couldn't love me. I've done this or I've done that. He could and he does. The reason your heart is beating today, the reason you're breathing, the reason you have life is because God, your creator, gave you that life. He sustains your life and he is reaching out to you and he loves you and wants a personal relationship with you. And it says that he died for all. That includes you. Nobody is excluded. I don't know how you came in here today emotionally, spiritually, you know, I talk to a lot of people who've been let down by people. I've said this often, that there's one thing you can always count on with people, that you can't always count on people. But you can always count on God. You can always count on Jesus. And, you know, maybe you've come in here today and there have been times in your life that you feel like nobody's loved you. Maybe you feel like you've been let down or you've been hurt or you've felt abandoned or unloved. I think we've all felt that way at some point in our life and in different ways. Well, I want you to know this morning, the great news of Easter is this. No one will ever love you as much as Jesus. It's a perfect, unconditional love. I remind you of the most probably well-known scripture in the Bible. John 3.16. Help me, church. For God so loved the world. He loves you and wants a relationship with you. He loves you so much that He gave His only Son, Jesus, to die for you. That you might have eternal life. He loves you. Romans 5.8 says it this way. But God showed his love to all of us. And while we were yet sinners. You know what Christ did? He died for us. He died for you. Jesus loves you so much. If you've ever wondered. You say well yeah I've heard that. I've heard John 3.16. I've heard that Jesus loves me. But I don't really know how much he loves me. Let me take you back 2,000 years ago. To an old rugged cross. Where Jesus stretched out his arms. And he willingly died. And he was nailed there. And he said I love you this much. So much that he was willing to die for you. And he wants a relationship with you. And I want you to hear this this morning, church. I say it a lot to our church, but if you're a guest this morning, maybe you came here because somebody invited you or you got an Easter invite or whatever, or you say, you know, it's Easter, it feels like the right thing to do, and you didn't really know what to expect, I, I want to I kind of give you a disclaimer this morning about our church that might surprise you. 
If you're here this morning and you're looking for religion, you've come to the wrong place. We do not offer you religion. We are not a religious church. I am not a religious pastor. We offer you what God offers you. And that is not religion. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is what it's all about. And that's the message we've been sharing. And he wants that relationship because he loves you so much. You see, religion is man's attempt to try to reach God. But Christianity is taught in the Bible as God's attempt to reach us through a loving relationship. So much so that he died for us. He loves you and he wants a relationship with you. But here's the problem according to the Bible. Because not everybody has that relationship. There's something that stands in between us and our relationship with God. It's a little three letter word you've probably heard before. It's spelled S-I-N. Sin. And we've all done it. And sin is what separates us from a loving relationship with God because God is perfect and holy and He cannot coexist with sin. The Bible says it this way in Romans 3.23, For how many church? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God of that relationship. The Bible says in Isaiah 59.2, Our sins have separated us from our God. Let's take a little Easter pop quiz. We like to interact uh, here at the Orchard Church. So you help me out. I'm going to do this with you. We're going to all participate at the same time. Here's your Easter pop quiz. If you have ever done something wrong, think hard. If you've ever done something wrong in your life, if you've ever sinned, would you raise your hand right now? Be honest. Lift them up. Okay. Keep them up nice and high. Look around. Okay, anybody not raising their hand is sinning right now because they're lying to all of us. Can we all agree? You go, okay, I came to church on Easter to hear that. I knew that. My wife reminds me of that all the time, maybe you're saying. We know we've sinned. We know we've messed up. And it's that sin that keeps us from a relationship with God. That's the truth. You know, you may not realize it, but you know what the Bible says about people who have not had their sins forgiven and not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, it describes them like they're spiritually homeless. Just like Ted Williams. You may have a roof over your head and you might have a nice car and nice clothes and a nice paycheck, but if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're spiritually homeless right now. You're not part of God's family. But He wants you to be. He invites you to be. And I, and I meet a lot of people that just kind of go through life spiritually homeless. They try to do life without God, without Christ. Sometimes they make good decisions. Sometimes they make bad decisions. Sometimes they make a real mess of their life trying to live without Jesus in their life. You know, I, that's kind of my testimony a little bit. I was raised in a Christian home. I accepted Christ at a young age. I was 8 years old, July 4th, 1976. I turned 16 and I thought I knew more than my parents and anybody else. Boy, was I wrong. And for about six years in my life, through the rest of high school and into my first four years of college, I just kind of walked away from God. I walked away from church. I just sort of tried to live my life on my own. And I made a mess of things. And did things that I'm ashamed of. But I thank God that we serve a God of second chances. Aren't you glad we have a God of second chances? that gives us a do-over, that can give us a fresh start. And it was the summer of 1990 that a friend of mine, I hadn't seen in years, that I'd grown up with in church, invited me back to church. I accepted the invitation, and I've never left since, and I've never left God. 22 years later, here I am today. And it was because God offered me a fresh start. And He offers the same thing to all of you today who need it and will accept it. God loves you, and He wants a relationship, but 
It's our sin that separates us from that relationship. But here's the great news. Jesus died to restore our relationship with God. That's what Paul reminds us of. Look back here again at verse 14 and 15. Paul says, The love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. The Bible says that Jesus died for us. He died for our sins and he rose again. Why? To restore our relationship with God. To give us a fresh start. I love the way 1 Peter 3.18 says it. For Christ also suffered once for sins on that cross. The just being Christ for the unjust being us. And why did Jesus die on the cross? Was it just so we could go to heaven when we croak someday? No. He died that he might, say it church, bring us to God. That's the whole reason Jesus died on the cross was to forgive our sins and to allow us to have a bridge back to God through the cross. To invite Him into our life and to have that fresh start. To have our sins forgiven. To have our relationship with God, our Creator, restored that was separated by sin. You see, Jesus today doesn't want you just to turn over a new leaf in your life. He wants to give you new life. And there's a difference. He wants to give you a true fresh start. And I love the way Paul says it in verse 17. Jump down to verse 17. And he starts out with a simple word, therefore. Those of you that come to our church regularly, we normally study the Bible kind of verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And we always ask this question. When you come to the word, therefore, we need to ask the question, what is it? Therefore. And Paul says, therefore, because Jesus loves you so much and he wants a relationship with you and he was willing to go to the cross and die for you to forgive your sins and he rose again on the third day, he, got, he was given new life so you could have new life. Therefore, because of that, here's what it means to us this Easter church. If anyone is in Christ, everybody say anyone. 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 You know how that is translated in the Greek language? Anyone. <laughs> No one is exclu excluded from this offer of salvation and forgiveness of sins and a fresh start. You say, oh, you don't know me. You don't know what I've done. But God does, and He still says anyone. He still says anyone. I was talking with my mother-in-law uh, just yesterday. And yes, my mother-in-law and I talk. We have a good relationship. So we'll throw that out there. And she was sharing with me, uh, her and my father-in-law, they, they go and work out at, I think, the Thornton Rec Center. And she was sharing with me about two men they've been witnessing to and trying to get, invite them to the Orchard Church. And one of the men said, oh, I can't come to church. God doesn't want people like me in church. And she gave the perfect answer. She said, no, God wants people exactly like you in church. This offer is for anyone and everyone. Amen, church? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, accepts this, he is a, watch this, new, what? Creation. That sounds like a fresh start to me. He's made new. He's got, he gets a do-over, a second chance. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. A fresh start. Jesus died, was buried, he rose again on the third day to offer us a new relationship, a fresh start, a new creation. To help us get past our hurts, our habits, and our hang-ups. You say, well, what do I have to do to have this fresh start? Well, let me say this first. It's not about anything you do. It's about what Jesus did on a cross 2,000 years ago for you. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 couldn't say it any clearer how we have a fresh start in Christ. It says, for by grace you have been saved through its faith. Everybody say faith. That's the only way. 
that we're saved. That's the only way our sins are forgiven. That's the only way we are invited into God's family. We are saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves. It's nothing you do. It's the gift of God. It's not of works lest anyone should boast. You know, heaven wouldn't be heaven if people could brag about how they got there. We can't brag about how we got there because we didn't get there by anything we did. We get there because of what He did on the cross and we accept it by faith. How do I experience a true fresh start? If that's your question today, how do I have new life? How am I made new? John 1.12 tells you the two decisions you need to make. It's this simple. But as many, there it is again, includes everybody, as received Him, that Him there is Jesus. As many as will receive Jesus, to them He gives the right to become children of God. Being able to go from being spiritually homeless to having a spiritual home. Being invited into God's family as a child of God. When you receive Him and to those who believe, what's that next little word? In His name. The two decisions that you have to make to become a believer in Jesus Christ, to have your sins forgiven, to have a fresh start, is you have to receive Jesus and believe in Jesus. I talk to a lot of people that say, well, I believe believe there's a God and they believe about God and they believe about Jesus. But it doesn't say believe about Him. It says believe in Him. Y'all get that, right? There's a difference between believing about somebody and believing in somebody. You need to make that decision in your heart by faith to have a fresh start spiritually. To have your sins forgiven. I want to receive Jesus and believe in Jesus. I want to receive and believe. And when you do that, you go from being spiritually homeless to being invited into the family of God and have a fresh start. I love the way Psalm 32.1 says it. How happy you must be You get a fresh start. Your slate's wiped clean. Do you need that today? That's what Jesus offers you. Would you bow your heads with me? With your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a moment. If you're here today right now and you'd say, you know what, Pastor Doug? This was for me. It's time for me to have a fresh start. It's time for me to invite Jesus into my life. I've been thinking about it. I've been considering it, but I've put it off. and, 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 And today's the day. What a perfect day, Easter weekend, as we celebrate that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. That you would embrace that personally for the first time in your life and say, yes, that's the decision I need to make. And if that's what you you really want to do today, and that's your heart's desire, and it's a decision that only you can make, nobody can make it for you. It's made in your heart between you and God by faith. And you can make that decision right now where you sit in your seat. I'll help you with your decision. You can express your decision, your faith decision, through a simple prayer to God. Now listen, it is not the prayer that saves you. It's your faith. A prayer is simply a way to express what we believe and are feeling in our heart. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But it's with the heart we believe. And if that's the decision you want to make to invite Jesus into your life today, right now, just say this, if you mean it, from your heart to God, Jesus I believe in you. Jesus, I believe you really died on the cross for me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins right now. Jesus, I want to receive you into my life. I receive you as my Lord. I receive you as my Savior. I believe in you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. Thank you for making me a child of God. Thank you. And right now, if you just made that decision for the first time by faith from your heart to God's with heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around. Listen, the Bible says there's a party that just broke out in heaven. The angels are rejoicing. 
about your decision. And we want to rejoice. And we want to pray for you. And, and just between me and you right now that made that decision, everybody else, your head's bowed and eyes closed, just praying for those that have made decisions. If you just made that decision, whether you're a mom, a dad, a young person, a teenager, I want to ask you right now, would you just slip up your hand so I can see it? Because I want to remember you and I want to pray for you and your new decision. Just slip it up right now, all across this auditorium. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Over to my right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Over to my left. Thank you, young people over here. Thank you, young man in the back. Anyone else? Just slip it up and put it, put it down if you're serious. And you say, yes, today I genuinely, for the first time, am making a faith decision to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm ready to do that. Anyone else? Thank you, young man. Thank you. Thank you. In the back. Yes. Another teenager. Thank you. Thank you, sir, over there in the left. Anyone else? Just slip up your hand and put it down so I can see it real quick. Anyone else? Anyone else? Lord, I thank you right now for the decisions that have been made this Easter weekend for you, people who have been adopted into your family by faith. 35, 40 people last night. 25, 30 people in the first service and probably another 25, 30 in this service this morning. Lord, we know there's a party going on in heaven right now. The Bible says the angels are rejoicing as these people are invited into your family, that they're having that fresh start by faith. And Lord, we, we as brothers and sisters in Christ who've made that decision, we welcome them into the family of God and we celebrate and rejoice in their decision today. And we pray that we would come alongside these people and embrace them and Lord, just help them grow in their new walk with you in any way that we can and see them discipled. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. What do y'all got to say about that? Amen. Praise the Lord. Listen, I want, I want you guys to all do us a favor. Take out your connection cards once again, everyone. I want to ask everyone to do that. Your connection card that was there in your newsletter. And we've asked you guys to all fill those out today. And on the back, you'll see a little box that says Easter Survey. And this just helps us to know your decisions so we can pray for you, best minister to you guys. I want you to check one of these four boxes, everybody. If you just made a decision to receive Christ today for the first time, you raised your hand, you made that decision, or you didn't raise your hand, but you made that decision in your heart, please check box A. You accepted Christ today. You, you got that fresh start with Jesus today. Check box A so we can be praying for you. Um, if you say, I've already accepted Christ and I thank God for my salvation check B. I've already a believer and I thank God for that. If you say I'm not quite ready yet but I have been thinking about it, considering it, we respect that and we just ask you to check box C. We're going to continue to pray for you. If we can answer any questions please let us know. If you say I'm not interested in making that decision at this time, we respect that. It's a personal decision between you and the Lord. Check box D and then drop those in the offering bucket. We receive our gifts at the end of our service in just a little bit so we can just celebrate those decisions. Pray for you guys. You know, um, God when he he created us. He knows more about us than anybody. And he knows that as human beings, a picture's worth a thousand words. And he loves to, to paint pictures for us to, to teach us spiritual truths. And there's an incredible picture in the Bible that God has given us to celebrate with people who've had a fresh start with Jesus Christ. People who've come into a relationship with him. You know what it's called? Baptism. And that's what this is over here. You guys, some of you have been wondering, what is this going on? Is this a magic trick? What do you got here? This is a baptismal that we brought, brought in today. And baptism is a beautiful outward picture of something that has happened on the inside that we can all celebrate in. I like to say it this way. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward change. 
It's not, what, it's not what saves you, but it's what shows people that you are. It's an opportunity to go public with your faith in Christ. And, and I want to say this loud and clear, church. Baptism is not a denominational thing. It is not a traditional thing. It is not a church thing. It's a Bible thing. Can we agree, those of you who know the Bible? It's everywhere in the Bible. It started in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, when Peter was sharing how people could have a fresh start in Jesus Christ. He shared the gospel. He shared how they could invite him into their life and have their sins forgiven. And that day, about 3,000 people accepted Christ. It says in Acts 2, 41, then those who gladly received his word, they, they got their fresh start, received Christ. What's the very next thing they were, say it church. They were baptized. That day about 3,000 souls were added. 3,000 people. Now I don't know if we're going to baptize 3,000 today, but we're going to baptize some. And you go eight chapters later in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 8, and you've got Philip talking to this Ethiopian guy. He leads him to Christ. He makes a faith decision. And then the Bible says they stopped their chariot, they got down on the water, and he was baptized. You go eight chapters later in Acts chapter 16 and Philip's in jail and he's talking to this, this uh, Philippian jailer, this guy in Philippi. He leads him to Christ and, and he gets out of jail and guess what happens? He gets baptized. He then goes talks to his whole family. The whole family accepts Christ and that night they all got baptized. 27 times in the New Testament you find somebody immediately after they accepted Christ and had their fresh start, they get wet. They went public with their faith. So we had this crazy idea as a church leadership team last year. We said, you know, let's, let's do it again. Let's do it like they did it in the Bible. Let's give people an opportunity to accept Christ and then get baptized immediately right on the spot. And that was something new for our church. We're about six years old. Uh, this is our seventh Easter. You know, we've been meeting the high school for five years. And unfortunately, Prairie View High School, when they built this high school, they weren't thinking of the Orchard Church. They didn't build us a baptistry in here, unfortunately. They didn't even put an indoor pool in. So we usually have to go to the Hampton Inn and rent a pool. We said, let's bring one in. Let's prepare the water and give people an opportunity to do it on the spot just like they did it in the Bible. And I know what some of y'all are thinking, that is ridiculously crazy. And we thought the same thing. And we didn't know how many people would take us up on it. Last year, now hang, hang your, on to your applause for a second because it gets better. Last year on Easter Sunday right here in that very same tank, 94 people got baptized on Easter Sunday. Last night at the Orchard Church, Last night's service, 47 people got baptized. This morning, in the service right before you, 35 people got baptized. So we may be crazy, but God's doing something. And I know some of y'all are like, whoa, I did not plan to get wet at church today. I got my Easter duds on, you know, and all that. I didn't plan on that. That is radical, but that's what it means to follow Jesus. Baptism is a picture of the fresh start, the new creation. I like to say it like this. Baptism is a public declaration of our new association with Christ. You know what baptism is? It's a symbol. It's a picture. It's, it's the wedding ring of the Christian life. You know my wedding ring? I've been wearing it for almost 20 years now. It'll be 20 years this December. My wife and I have been married. And, and it's a picture and a symbol. This ring doesn't make me married, but it shows people that I am. It's an outward expression that I belong, I identify, I'm committed, I'm taken, and I'm not ashamed, and I want people to know that. And you know, when I gave Shelly her, her, the engagement ring, her wedding ring, you know, a little over 20 years ago, and I asked her to be my wife and enter that relationship, I spent everything I had and then some on that ring, and I gave it to her. And you know what she did with it? She stuck it in her pocket. I'm joking. No! She put it on. She's running around doing the I got a ring dance. 
know, this was before Facebook and Twitter. She couldn't tweet it, you know, take a picture. She had to show people. And she's going around, look at this, look at this. I'm getting married. I'm getting this right. Look at this guy I'm getting with. And I might have blown that out of proportion just a little bit, but <laughs> just wanted to throw that in there for fun. And, you know, she was, she was excited. She wanted people to know that's what baptism is for people who've accepted Christ. It's a way to let people know publicly, I've accepted Christ, I'm new, I'm changed, I'm forgiven, I belong to Christ, I'm a new creation, my sins are forgiven, I have eternal life, I have a new family, I have a fresh start. That's what baptism is. That's what it says. And, and li listen... Let me say this loud and clear. I want to make sure you guys understand because we teach what the Bible teaches. Baptism does not make you a Christian any more than going into Burger King makes you a Whopper. But it shows people that you are if you've made that decision for faith in Christ. It's the wedding ring of the Christian life. Baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo. It means to immerse. The reason we do baptisms by immersion is because even in the act of baptism, it's a beautiful picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What happened to Him and what happens to us spiritually. We say goodbye to the old life and hello to the new life and new family in Christ. It's a beautiful picture. You say, well, who should get baptized? Well, if you accepted Christ this morning and you made that decision, you have an opportunity to do it just like they did in the Bible. Get saved and go public right now. If you recently accepted Christ in your life or one of our services or somewhere else, but you've not been baptized, you've got a chance to go public today. Maybe you know you've gotten away from the Lord and you've come back and maybe it's a sign of rededication. I did that in my life. I was baptized twice because I kind of walked away and came back. There's nothing wrong with being baptized more than once. It's kind of like renewing your wedding vows. There's nothing wrong with that. Just letting people know where you're, where you're at. Or maybe you want to get baptized. We had a whole family. Family that's been a part of our church, members of our church for almost since the beginning. And they all three got baptized because they wanted to be baptized as a family together. It was really cool last service. And listen, I want to be sensitive to this. I know we hear this all the time. Well, I was baptized as a baby. I was baptized as an infant. It's something my family did for me. And we want to be respectful of that and understanding of that. I know that was a, probably a very special and meaningful time for your parents. They did that for you and, and even for you if you've probably heard about that. But I like to describe this, that as the first step in your spiritual journey. But it shouldn't be the last step. You know, our assistant pastor, Barry, uh, that was out here doing the welcome, he was baptized as an infant as a baby. His parents had him baptized, but then he made his own personal faith decision later in his life as a teenager, and he got baptized because he wanted to make that personal for him. He wanted to re remember it. And you know, and even for some of you that maybe were baptized as an infant or as a baby, maybe by you getting baptized as an adult or a teenager, a little bit older, and you make that decision, it's a kind of a way to fulfill. I think you're parents original wishes they wanted you to follow God they wanted you to know God here's the deal that decision was based on your parents faith and that was that's fine but this is an opportunity for you to get baptized based on your faith and your decision and to go public you say well what ages do you baptize what you know what what ages um, we, we don't baptize infants or babies we baptize according to the Bible and that is once somebody is old enough to make a personal faith decision in Jesus Christ Bible doesn't give us an age we have found that's usually around six seven eight years of age that kids can be we have baptized many children 
uh, this weekend. Most of them were about 7, 8, 9, 10 years old. They've made that personal faith decision. So if your child has made that faith decision in Christ, they know it, they understand it, they understand what baptism is, we'd love to baptize them today. You say, well, what about babies and infants? What do you guys do for them? We have a baby dedication every year. It's huge. We'll fill the stage with families, with their babies and infants that have been born in the last year. We do it on Mother's Day, May 13th. We'd love to invite you back to be a part of that. And we have baby dedication where we dedicate those children to the Lord because they're gifts from the Lord. And I know what some of y'all are thinking, I did not, this all sounds great, but I did not come prepared to get in a tank and get wet today. I did not know that was going to happen. Well, you didn't know, but God knew, and so did we. And so we've taken some steps to help you guys prepare. So let me grab a couple of things here. We're going to try to make this easy for you. If you're going to get wet, you're going to need a towel. And you probably didn't bring a towel. And so we're going to give you a towel. And then we're also, you, you may not want to get baptized in the shirt you're in. So we're going to give you an Orchard Church t-shirt to get baptized in. But this is not just any Orchard Church t-shirt. Because everyone that got baptized this weekend, guess what the back of your shirt says? Going public, Easter 2012. You're the only ones that are going to have these t-shirts. And I, I promise the one you get will be a little bit bigger. This one's to fit me, and so we can use this for the kids maybe. But uh, we'll, we'll give you a t-shirt. Listen, the water is warm. It's about 95, 98 degrees. We've got rooms for the ladies to change in, for the men to change in. We've got hair dryers. The water's been sanitized. Uh, we've got about 25, 30 people in our church that are going to help you back there to get ready, to take care of that. Some of you are thinking, wait a minute. If I knew I was going to get baptized today, I would have invited my friends and family, and I don't want to get baptized and them not be able to see it we thought of that we have a video camera right here we're going to video your baptism listen we're going to put it on our website anyone in the world can come watch your baptism that's what we're going to do and i listen i know what some of y'all are thinking no wait a minute i mean you know i know that services usually go about an hour 15 hour 20 minutes and i've heard you speak before we're not going to have time for all these baptisms all right well here's the true easter miracle this weekend at the orchard church i'm done I'm done. Yeah, thanks for that encouragement there. I'm going to allow many of you to preach the rest of this message. And you don't have to say a word. Your life is going to say it right here. Your life is going to say, I belong to Christ. I'm going to take a stand for the one who died for me. I'm going to go public. L listen, let me encourage you. If, if you're thinking, where's the door? We've already locked the doors and bolted them, so don't try to run. <laughs> Let me just say this. And, and in all seriousness, do not do this for anyone but God. Don't do it for your spouse. Don't do it for your parents. Don't do it for your kids. Don't do it for your friends. Don't do it for me. But some of you, God is working in your heart right now. And He's saying... You need to do this. If God's doing it, don't let anybody talk you out of it and don't talk yourself out of it. Here's how it's going to work. We're going to stand in just a moment and we're going to all sing praise songs. We're going to celebrate and worship. And those of you that are ready to get baptized, you, as we all stand, you stand up right back here in this corner. Kendra, raise your hand. She's going to meet you right there at that door. Everybody say hi, Kendra. She's right there. Kendra's going to meet you right there. She's going to direct you out that door. And there's many people out there ready to meet you. Take ladies where they need to go, men where they need to go, get you prepared. And I'll be baptizing right up here. So all you've got to do is get up and be willing to meet her back there in just a moment. First, we're going to watch a video testimony of some people that sat right where you sat last Easter Sunday. And God spoke to their heart about getting baptized. 
I could always tell something was missing and when there were hard times um, it seemed really hard to deal with um, and and I just knew that being baptized would hopefully build my relationship with Jesus and make the hard times easier and I just knew that I needed a fresh start for for my life well, you know I had always believed since I was a child but my belief wasn't strong and, and I did a lot of uh, things that I've kind of regretted since then. Uh, my Sundays were always uh, pretty much my own. I worked six days a week most of my life. I think that both Derek and I, I mean, we had been consistently going to the orchard, um, trying to raise the girls in church, but I think we were kind of walking through the motions, but the, the feeling wasn't in it. So it was almost as if we were going about our regular routines. Um, and we de definitely both, you know, believed in God, but I don't think either one of us had a really, like, spiritual connection with God at the time. I was one of the last people to get up out of my chair and, and go get in line and, and be baptized. Um, I had a girlfriend with me and we just looked at each other and said, is this what you want to do? And we both said yes. And it, it wasn't even, it was just something that took over me. It was like Jesus said, just do it. You have to just get up and do this. And I did. There was no reservations about it. Um, it just felt right. Uh, leading up to that, I was baptized when I was about five years old. Uh, my parents had me baptized in a river in Arkansas and I, I don't really remember much about it. So now I wanted to be baptized because I'm a believer and I wanted to do this for myself. And, and I'm just happy that I did, you know, and this was an opportunity that I did not want to pass up, you know. I felt this was the right thing to do at that time and I'm glad I did it. I'll remember it the rest of my life. It felt like it was a drum beating on our hearts, you know, and we just kept looking at each other and. Um, people were going up and then finally I said... I, I looked over at Derek though because I, I was feeling like, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to stand up so bad right now. And I looked over at Derek and I could just see it in his eyes that he was feeling the same way. And I looked at him and we just kind of looked at each other and he's just like, let's go. We both stood up. We were, we were really, like I was nervous and was... like I really felt like adrenaline going and like almost shaking and then finally we just grabbed a hold of each other's hands and just... Since I've been baptized, our life has been amazing. Um, we've had hard times, we've had decisions we've had to make, but knowing now that I'm not alone and that I have the Lord right by my side, so any decision I need to make, um, He's there, I pray about it, I know He'll give us the right direction. Um, the hard times are, aren't as hard as they were in the past. I can say that for sure. It helped me internally a little bit inside, inside my heart a little bit, you know, to go and, and be baptized was like a cleansing for me inside, you know. Now, you know, it, it kind of washed away the past and I'm starting a new life and, and I really enjoyed it. So. We didn't really understand how this would affect or how this would play out and um, I 
can say now that we're as strong as we ever have been in our faith and we're still walking, taking baby steps. And we but, still fall down all the time, <clears> but right. um, I think that that day, um, because there was such a powerful conviction, I really and truly believe that God was preparing us for the next year because um, it was a really, it was just a emotional it was, it was a true test for us. It, we we lost a, a, close, a, a close family member and uh, we dealt with normal temptations as a couple and, and kind of getting busy in life. And um, we always just went back to him and went back to the books. So. Just follow your heart. Follow the Holy Spirit. Do do what in your heart you know you want to do because it's what the Lord wants for you. Um, you have this opportunity now. Don't miss out. Just do it. Just do it. Your life will change. I would, I would definitely, if, if, if I was a believer at all and I hadn't been baptized for my own self, I would do it. it the feeling you're going to get after that it's a feeling of relief. Allow it to happen. I would definitely say uh, be open-minded and um, we all have different stories and different journeys and we've hit a rock bottom, um, but it's a matter of starting a new journey. And if I think if I could encourage anybody, I would definitely say it's a lot harder to sit there in your seat and kind of kind of reject God and reject his conviction for you than it is to just say, okay, God, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to let you lead me.